podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. It's March 5, 2021, and you're watching the Awesome 10X Global Market Update. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And it's a Friday again, so just want to invite all of you, if this is your first time watching the show, that every Friday we do invite you to our 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Philippine time. It's our free Friday class wherein we discuss about the global market updates, our high conviction ideas, and picks, and so forth. So why don't we begin actually discussing what just happened last night. So last night, you could see that the people are saying that the market, like our pundits, like Kramer said, that investors are still in denial about stocks. The sell-off is real. And he advised investors to build up cash and wait for the bottom as the market works through the five stages of grief. People still don't want to believe that this sell-off is real. People are in denial. Now, if you lighten up, you're going to be ready for that moment of capitulation, that crescendo, the acceptance that marks the trough, Kramer said. So um, he is talking about the public being in this stage of the denial stage, that we are actually in a bull trap zone. We're going to go to a despair or a bearish move or a capitulation. We're going to blow off in a big manner. Now, um, in a way... Awesome 10X does believe in that possibility. That's why we discussed in many scenarios, like last week, we talked about the nightmare of Wall Street in our Free Friday class. We gave our playbooks on why pigs will get slaughtered on some solars and cannabis. However, we actually also discussed that in my life, uh, in my own experience, let me share with you a few things about um, being calm in response to whatever and chaotic markets there are. We're going to go to the charts, of course, not just uh, discuss things as if it's just a wordplay. But um, if you understand that uh, some stocks would actually fall and just estimate the downside, the dangers or um, the perceived danger will actually be clearer for you on your time horizon. So let's try to understand a few things. Let's go to uh, some uh, understanding, right? So clearly in the last few days, you are seeing that Unity, for instance, has fallen from as high as 170 all the way to as low as 95 last night. This is Unity software. Now, we have been a believer of Unity ever since IPO. So we made this huge run-up from as low as less than $70. We bought in at about $67, added more at $80, even at $88, even at $95. Some of us sold at about $160 and $150 here, but we bought back the same shares currently at about $110 and so forth. So I'll be very transparent here that I am very biased in my Unity longs. And I'll clearly tell you here that um, what you are seeing here in my eToro account is just a small um, factor of, um, of my portfolio. Indeed, uh, yesterday I did 
go some shorts a little bit. I did sell some TripAdvisor, Billy Blank Apps, Airbnb, JWN. I did sell some BTC. Unfortunately, I didn't cover it with a gain. Um, it was a delayed reaction for your crypto to actually fall. I was selling your Cardano, made some money there. I sold some Nasdaq, made some money there, but I was also not patient in holding it. I think that I was, um, you could see that I've been closing a lot of my positions on rallies and um, sometimes taking losses, sometimes taking gains. But overall, um, yes, I have been actually taking some, some cash, right? You could very clearly see that I started only January. Um, you could see that year to date this year, because I opened my eToro account only January, but I have an account that's older with, uh, with private bank and interactive brokers. Um, you could clearly see that um, I have been taking some profits, right? Both on the long side and on the short side. But I also love to invest in companies that I believe in. So granted, nobody likes my wind farm play, which is Vesta's wind systems. That's clear, that's clear to me and I'm fine with that. Nokia, which is a 5G play, the market doesn't see it my way. But I'm also okay with that. I am not margin to the hilt. Um, you could see that if Vest Vestas were to fall to about $900, none of my positions will actually be at risk. You could see that my Nokia, even if, if it fell like 50% a night, um, which is really a low probability, that, that's the only time that my money would be at risk. My Nano Dimension has no stop loss because I am cost averaging that. I've been buying last night at 7 and 8, even if I've bought before 10, 11, 12, so my average is about $9. I've been buying Neo since $50 and I've added more at $40 um, with bigger factions there. And stop, um, actually, to be honest, like I don't really will put a stop here. I'll just cost average it, even if it goes down to $25, you know, so um, I could adjust that. Uh, but I think right now it's happened, and of course Unity, uh, I was, was going to say Unity, I don't really have a stop loss there. It's really how I do, I position size. Let me emphasize what cost averaging and um, what my real mentality is when it's approaching the markets. I approach the markets truly with a long-term vision and a real understanding of the companies I buy. So with Unity, um, democratizing gaming and storytelling, I've always wanted a company that would lead the digital universe, which is Metaverse, right? And um, for the first time, uh, actually, it's not for the first time, I really wanted um, a company that would represent my Tencent. That's not yet at the price of Tencent, right? So... Tencent, of course, the gaming conglomerate, and to be able to get the picks and shovels play of any mobile game creator and get a cut on it, understand that the business model of Unity is not simply to license the games such as Hearthstone, Heroes of Warcraft, um, City Skylines, Endless Legend, Angry Birds 2. It is a company that enables thousands of creators changing their lives they don't need to employ these thousands of employees because their tools help a lot of other people um, create games and create films, create animation. And um, a company like that, even commercials, is something that I truly am of the view will be a bigger and bigger uh, company in the future. So it's really for all types of creators bringing ideas to life with Unity. So um, this was actually an inner circle pick and um, it is to me a metaverse, a bigger, sure predictable winner. <clears throat>
So what I'm not sure about is, of course, tomorrow and next, uh, what tomorrow's price or later's price or next week's price, right? Could go 85, could go 75, right? But I'm very confident with investing and bringing my my convictions uh, to really uh, represent my visions of the future. So in 2021, Unity has a very clear roadmap. They already said uh, in their reviews, even when they just did their IPO last 2020, that their production commitment is very simple. They want to give all the creators production-ready features, workflows, components based on what you've told us that you need for the for the developers game developers we consider a feature production ready if it fully meets your needs take note that if you're a mobile game developer whether it be among us the mo the one of the most popular mobile games or uh, even the the wild rift of league of legends those are actually made with unity software so understand too that the gaming industry has out earned the films major video games have made more money than blockbuster movies and when you take a look at the entire industry roadmap here, it is uh, more than billions of dollars of industry where Unity can capture a huge pie off. The same reason why Roblox, which is going to list March 10 next week, will be a huge hit. So let's take a look at the market cap today of Unity against the current uh, also uh, market cap of $26 billion dollars. Right now, Unity is being compared to with Epic Games because um, that is really the competition, Unity, Epic Games, and Roblox. Now, people like to make them compete, but with Awesome 10x thinking, they are actually not competitors, but just complements of each other. Some amateurs would prefer making games with Unity. Some kids would like to make games with Roblox. Some adults and professionals like to make games with Epic Games. So it is not really uh, a function of them competing. It's more of a compliment. Now, new users can also start creating in Unity faster than ever with their LEGO micro games currently in beta, our most re recent addition to the micro game series. And I think there's a lot of people who see it the same way that we do, manifesting the metaverse. This is a business that ambitions far-reaching beyond gaming. They want to power realities, virtual reality, um, augmented reality. They want to lower the threshold for a creator to create games. If you are a person who creates games on the Apple App Store, chances are you are a client of Unity Software because 53% of all mobile games in the App Store was already created with Unity Games. Imagine that. We're talking about a monopoly here. So how soon we actually let indie artists create? How quickly can you flush out your ideas into games? So the creation engine, Ron Martin of Unity, knows that Unity is a big part of that. You don't have to be a great game developer, but if you have an audience, that's what they enable too. So it was a company that was founded in 2004. That's 17 years ago. It has become a foundational piece of infrastructure in the gaming space. When you talk about foundational infrastructure, guys, we're talking about how could I see a future of metaverse and mobile gaming without Unity software? It's like telling me, how could I envision a future of cloud computing without Microsoft and NVIDIA?
tell me how without Amazon Web Services, right? Like how? Can you actually explain to me? So that is how foundational unity is to Awesome 10X, to me personally. And so even if it is unprofitable, it actually is growing their revenues very strongly. And I'll show those numbers later on. These are the reasons why venture capitalists like Sequoia Capital invested in them in the first place, even before the IPO took place and Silver Lake Partners. Now, let's learn more about this company. Even Elon Musk said, Tesla said that the strongest argument before was, um, uh, he said that, um, 20 years from now, you know, 40 years ago, we just had Pong. He said that. But now, 40 years later, we have realistic simulations, MMORPG, multiple massive R um, online real player gaming. And of course, Tesla likes you to play even CD Projekt games inside the cars of Tesla Model S, the Plaid. Because he knows that, well, it's running, robo-taxis, what are you going to do inside a car? Well, although people are saying that inside a car, you could be eating, you could even be having sex. That is one industry report. But also, you're going to have entertainment inside the car. And literally, it's going to perhaps be a virtual game entertainment, not just always watching movies or series. So in my view, if you're thinking that the metaverse is a huge 10-year industry, it is to me evidential cases. It is an irrefutable trend to me. Okay, so there. Okay, these are the guys. We're talking about Joe Shim Ante, David Helgeson, and Nicholas Francis. They usually were even starting to just make a game. And it reminds you of Mr. Slack, Stuart Butterfield. Sometimes you create a game, you don't, you are not the best game developer, but you could create tools. And in their case, they created tools for game developers to create games. Just like what Stuart Butterfield ended up becoming, create tools for people to just be a work productivity communications tool. So that, that was the uh, start of Slack, actually. That's why it was uh, the son of a glitch, right? Um, this was their game. Nobody actually bought Google. But David Helgeson, the CEO of Unity, said, We realize we suck in making games, but we had a strange insight into knowing tools to make great games. So our intuition said that we're going to make things easy from having a terrible UI experience to actually helping people how to use it. We had zero funding. We had no venture capitalists. They look at us before, 2004, like, who are you? 2007, they were even saying, what the F are you? We could not explain what our market was. We couldn't even explain the market we, that we were in. But if you actually did the math, we probably had only 100 people before that would love our games or our tools. And because nobody needed that, we never were able to get funding we just focused on, um, and maybe it's luck, but we built a product that we loved, stumbled upon, and eventually everybody needed it. And of course, um, nobody was trying to do it, and therefore they had no competition when they were starting. 
and eventually they'd built a product that was eventually needed. It is a Danish-American video game company based in San Francisco, and it's now best known for the licensed game engine used to create video games and other applications. It reminds me, guys, of Shopify. Because Shopify enabled every single human being who wanted to sell online to just use Shopify. And Unity, compared to Epic Games, was far simpler to make games or even create films, even if I had zero idea of coding. That is an important thing. Well, I discussed a lot about this. You could see that I've studied uh, how to compare it with, um, with Tim Sweeney, of course, of Epic Games. Uh, I studied uh, the developers and their insights, how um, the difficulties for virtual reality is, what uh, Facebook Horizon thinks about as well when it comes to virtual reality. And so I think that uh, when you understand the awesome 10x rules, which is long-term investing, we are not scared, guys, of the drop. We are embracing this drop. Because what's different in 2020 versus 2021 is that the truth is, in 2021, it's very clear that we saw extensions. So most of us actually have a lot of cash. This drop is like more of an opportunity for me to buy my loves. For me to reiterate my high conviction core positions. If I truly believe that, uh, let's say, if, uh, if this is going to go $70, I don't care. I would be happy to own this company. So um, that's just one of the things that's happening right now in the market. A lot more are falling that are actually good ideas and good companies in the long term. Um, but we don't have perhaps a lot of time to discuss all the good companies in one sitting. So today, I just discussed a little bit of my conviction, which is unity. Is it finally the right time to accumulate SOXS? What do you think is SOXL will stop bleeding and recover if it's still possible? I don't really invest in, um, in ETFs. So I think like you're discussing about semiconductors, right? So SOX is actually um, a semiconductor. It's an ETF, right? So it's a directional semiconductor holdings. And um, as I said, I do not invest in ETFs. However, when it comes to semiconductors, I love NVIDIA. I love Qualcomm. Yes, that's true. If Skyworks is going to fall, if Corvo is going to fall, I like them too. Let me show to you, because I'm sorry if I don't know much about ETFs. I'm really an individual stock picker person, okay? So um, I'm not like, buy this ETF, buy that ETF. I, 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 I'm not that type of a person. So it's not easy to ask me about ETFs because that's not like my core. This is how I do it. Let me show to you uh, semiconductors. So you're probably asking, where do I buy AMD? Or NVIDIA? That's an easier question to ask me rather than an ETF. Because, um, because um, yeah, I mean, ETFs are not the way I go. Okay, um, let's show to you a few things, right? So from a performance perspective, uh, let's take a look at the big guns here, all right? So let's take a look at um, AMD, NVIDIA. It's a little bit still expensive, by the way. So um, I, I still don't see the value. At 486, some people would start buying in, nibbling in, because it's a 5G leader, yes. But uh, I might see a 10% drop further. Um, at this point in time, I, I sold at about $600. 
I don't know if I can get it at $400, but um, it's not the first priority. I mean, it's, it's one of those great companies that I do want. And you could see that uh, Qualcomm is still 65% year over year. NVIDIA still up 85%. ACM Research, Mayo Advanced Sciences, ap Applied Materials. Mm. When you look at the prices, guys, um, Marvel fell a lot, but I'm, I don't study Marvel. Eh. Um, I just know that it's also 5G play, and uh, Skyworks is still expensive to me at $160. I'm taking a look at this space. Uh, AMD, I'll wait at Sorry, uh, if I'm very uh, cheap, cheap ass here, but uh, I, I don't buy AMD until $50. NVIDIA, I am just biased with NVIDIA. Um, if I really was willing to buy this, uh, I'd buy it at $350, but I think that the market will also not give it to me that low, right? So, um, of course, ARM Holdings was the buy reason here on NVIDIA. But when you saw that the market was correcting already around February 15. I, I trimmed my NVIDIA. Actually, I exited. Uh, I exited my NVIDIA. So the first support of NVIDIA, if you just simply look at the charts, is about $400. Although there's a support here at $470. So technically speaking, um, if you don't see the market crashing NASDAQ below $10,000, you start nibbling at about $470. But if you really just want to wait it out, $400 should be okay. I really don't think that you have a chance to get in at $300, if you'll ask me. So um, I'm not as bearish or doomsday predictor like, say, other people. Like, um, but, but if you'll give it to me that price, I'll, I'm okay to actually buy it that low. NVIDIA is a company that I'll buy all the way because I really believe that this is a long-term trillion-dollar company. Um, does IBAKR charge fees if I'm holding my stock three to five years? Nope. I've been holding companies for years in some names, no? So, uh, but of course, I also buy. So I'm not really uh, getting charged in activity fees because when I see an opportunity, I would buy it. I think that as long as you buy and hold your winners and uh, you cost average on a great uh, crash, like if, if, it, if the market's going to crash, um, I think that you, you're fine, actually. Um, you should cost average winners. Do we avoid NASDAQ? Do we wait for it to stabilize before buying stocks? So... Um, the truth of the matter is, is that people like to think that the buying opportunity is to wait for NASDAQ to bottom before they, buy, before they buy the stocks they really like. But the truth of the matter is, in my opinion, waiting for the NASDAQ to bottom is not really the solution because you cannot pretend that you actually know the bottom. Like, if you bought a company like last night, Unity at 95, or Nano Dimension at 7, what you don't want to do is actually to prevent your thinking that you're right, that, that it's the bottom. Of course not. You have to accept yourself that we, in Awesome 10X, we don't predict the bottom. We do not predict the rain. We prepare the arc. We do not predict the rain. That's my Awesome 10X commandment number 6. I told you guys that. When you like a secular trend, you do a quarterly cost averaging move such that if the markets fell, you are actually not in a position to sell anyway. You're actually in a position to buy that crash because you're really invested there for the long term. You have to understand that when I buy, I do not choose a bad company to begin with. 
I do not choose a company for a one-night stand or a short-term swing. I, that's why I have companies going up 80% that I wouldn't trim. I would just, I wouldn't sell all. I would just trim even if I said that, well, pigs is going to get slaughtered. Because sometimes you forget the fact that, hey, I invested in Unity for the long term. True enough, sometimes it hurts you. 180 goes down to 92, right? I mean, let's say you only sold half at 150. Your thinking is, wow, if, if I sold everything at 150 and got back in at about 75, if I'm able to get in, I'm like, wow, I have like my entire shares again and I still can buy 2,000 more shares. Like I have more shares to buy. Those are things that enable me, technical analysis does enable me to caution my downside. That That's what allowed me to actually be I'm happy to be imperfect, by the way. This is my strength. I'm happy to be bullish, but also bearish in the same vein. I'm never truly bullish, but I'm never truly bearish. Because if I'm truly bullish, why do you think I have, and, and I checked, I have like 33% cash that's ready to be plowed on the market if the market's going to fall. Now, other people like to think about 100% cash, 100% stocks. That's not how I roll. And I, I told that to most people. So I think that you have to understand what's the risk if I buy this, if it falls 30% lower, and what's my upside? And I always continually tell people, if the risk is really 30% or even 50%, but the reward is about 300 to 500%, I'd really rather hold and buy that name no matter what. So example, when the Chinese vehicles were getting plummeted, you know, I do not really care if it's going to go 20% lower tomorrow or tonight or next week. Why would I choose to hold my ex-pang and buy some at $29? Because I do believe that, to be honest, I had all the time to buy and sell every share of mine of ex-pang 300% higher at 70. I sold only half. I sold it about 60, 55, 53. And then I bought it back 45, 40, 30, 33, 29. And so, you know, people might say you're crazy for investing. But I want to explain to everyone that investing has its drawdowns. And people would actually say that you cannot 10x on companies long term. And if, if they, they, I, I hear every trader tell me because I'm a technician. I, I know charting and I know the difficulties of assuming that you are right. Assuming that this is the top, assuming that this is the bottom. So that keeps me humble. That keeps me humble. That keeps me grounded. It never makes me think that I'm a genius making three triple digits here and there. You know, I'm, you could see that I would short every day sometimes so that I could preserve and make some cash on the downside. And then cover it and then put it in the companies that I really love and invest. So that's really how I am. Um, it fake if you only knew the truth, the Rockefeller Rothschild family. In the end, you would be bankrupted. The Rothschild family always wins. Um, well, to me, you know, um, the Rothschild family is just a famous quote, right? They talked about buying the blood on the streets because it was literal. In 1929, in the, the Great Depression, indeed, or even, let's say, the 2001 bubble, right? You know, you could really buy companies like Amazon at 90% discount. Nowadays, guys, when people with so much information 
understand that the secular trend of electric vehicles is there and XPeng has about 550% growth in revenues and it's there, the information is there, we are not living in a stage wherein we're going to go back to horse carriages or diesel-fired cars. It's like asking me, Nikki, are we going to transition to a 5G world with robo-taxis? The answer is yes. So actually, if I want to buy NVIDIA at $400, even at the risk that it goes to $300, I wouldn't blame you. In fact, on March 2020, I said that I had Roku, I had Square, I had Shopify, I had the Trade Desk, I had Enphase, and I also suffered about 20 to 30% drawdowns only to make, of course, 500% wins. It's not that easy psychologically, but really, I think over time, you know, the best hedge for any volatility, and this is me, is high-quality assets, some 25% cash. You don't need a lot of cash. 25% cash, 25% global stocks, really from a portfolio basis, right? We're, we're talking about a net asset worth basis. And then, of course, you have a property, you have a house, you're not thinking much. You have your own um, business and job, which you'll earn somehow, and that business and job would perhaps pay for your daily living expenses. That's why I could really invest long-term. I'm not planning to impress anyone like, oh, this quarter, I'm up. This month, I'm up. I really don't care. This is my money. What do I care? Like, this is my money. You have no right to tell me that, Nikki, you're not supposed to have a drawdown in your unity. Look, I'm investing for my own. It's not your money. So what do I care about what you think? So at the end of the day, I think that you have to understand that I have my convictions. I could die with my convictions, but the truth is I won't die because I know how to diversify. That's one thing I always tell people. In order to love, lose, and wait for your ultimate loves to flourish and in time, you have to understand that I am very polyamorous. I'm a playgirl in a sense because I've got metaverse gaming, I've got virtual reality. I will be betting on some charging stations, electric vehicles. You know, I spread my basket in growth, innovation, and great CEOs that I love. In fact, last night when I saw Zoom Video 340, I was thinking, well, will Zoom Video go down to 250? I'd love Zoom Video Eric Yan if it can fall there. Last night, Humble Pay felt about $3. And I was like thinking, wow, this is a great opportunity to load up on a blockchain play that's going to do well for the next fintech move. So um, I think that the market is always panicky. And I've seen that happen. And it can continue to panic, by the way. But I will not let people's panic selling affect my choices to invest in the companies I believe in long term. This allowed me to buy JD at 26 when everyone was saying that JD was a rags to riches to a rapist guy. When in fact, no, I see JD as the second largest e-commerce company in China. And these are the real facts. You cannot change e-commerce facts. And when people were saying that Forrest Lee, who is he, the gaming C-Limited, that's what enabled me to buy and hold C-Limited. And now it's about 280, right? 36 to 54 was buying that. Right? So, I mean, let's say 45 went to 36. You suffered a drop, but you held on because you knew that you were right. So, to tell you the truth, 
investing has drawdowns. Long-term investing has drawdowns. And you have to understand what you know and you own. Because if you cannot do that, you'll always be swayed by the market. And you really are just in, out, in, out. You're never really going to make 10x. You're not going to go 10x. Um, right? So um, I still have my coping. I sold some because I knew that 10, 11, people would sell it, right? I'm going to buy back in last night. Some people bought back in at 7 and 8. 8, right? So I, I'd wait at 8, 7, 6, maybe 5. Doesn't matter. Because I know what I own, right? I, I mean, if I didn't know what I own, what would make me hold 1 to 10 in the first place? Ask yourself that, right? Why would I own GRWG from 12 all the way to $60, and then wait for it to crash the $30. I sold $60.50. Why would I hold Sun Power from 7 to 10 and hold it all the way to about $40.50? Sell some at $40.50, not necessarily sell at $55 high, $56. Because I understood the, the necessity of America to electrify the revolution, and all of them will have Sun Power rooftop panels. Sun run, sun power should do well in the long run. You've got Biden campaigning for clean energy. That's the truth. In the next 10 years, you cannot, you cannot change that. The climate change bill is not going to change because yesterday, people panic sold their sun power and all. So, I mean, I know that everyone's like, that's why I, I preach, okay? I'm not sure if you're a Filipino. In the Philippines, we've got this halo-halo. It's a dessert. This dessert is um, a summertime treat. You eat it. It's got ube. It's got leche flan. It's got green gulama. It's got red gulama. It's got mango beans. Nata de coco. My portfolio, indeed, is composed of a lot of companies and a lot of secular trends. I've got some indoor farming bets, you know. I've got some robotic bets, some LIDAR bets. People are actually wondering sometimes, do I really know what I own? And, and actually, they're surprised that I do know what I own. And you can understand that if you just ask me about it, I do know what I own, guys. Um, I do. So um, I am happy to share my knowledge for free every Friday and also for a fee. And getting paid for what I know is a luxury as well because I love what I do. I love investing in great companies. See, the reason why I 10x is not because... I invested in crap. I always said I invest in high-quality companies. Today, you'd, you'd never argue about Forrest Lee being a leader. But about two years ago, nobody saw Forrest Lee as a leader. Only a few. Right? Even when Garida was doing so well, even when Free Fire was doing so well, even when mobile gaming was firing on all cylinders. Today, how many people actually say that Jack Dorsey, the Twitter e-commerce front, is doing well? Guys, I'm going to give you some free ideas. Twitter at about $50 to $60 is interesting to me because what Twitter is doing right now in monetizing tweets, allowing e-commerce advertisements, it's going to be a huge game changer. Twitter could double this year just based on these game-changing moves. Just like how I saw Spotify last year. And, you know, Spotify last night was, I think, down to $280. I sold some Spotify at $350. And, um, you know, I think like at 300, there will be a support 285, right? But if it falls to 240, 
I'll be willing to buy, right? So, um, yeah, so I sold it about 350. So I, I didn't sell it about a high of 380, right? Sold about 350. And um, it could go to 40. I'd be here long term, guys. So um, what, what makes me fear is my inability to invest in the companies I believe in. This is why I'm never all in. I am in streaming. I am in, you know, I'm in many secular trends. So the only way that you can kill me is to tell me that the secular trend revolution of e-commerce is not real. When you can defy to me that electric vehicles were not going to go there. When you can defy to me that artificial intelligence is not there. That's when I know you'll win. But I, I'm not winning on a short-term basis. My trends are 10 years. And I know that every single year, my trends will be more powerful than what any noise will tell me. So when Jim Cramer tells me that you are in denial, stocks will sell off for real. No, I'm not in denial, Mr. Jim Cramer. I'm not in denial. I know the extension. I sold the extension. I know this drop is going to give me a huge opportunity to make a lot of money. And so I will not fear. Because the greatest fear for me is not to invest in awesome 10x secular trends. That's my greatest fear. When I know so clearly that what I believe and what I own are the biggest, the best, and not just scammers and stuff that's being said and touted on Reddit. No, I know what I own. It's the Peter Lynch formula. Know what you own. Core competency. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, well, Sun Power has about 3% so far residential market share. And uh, so far, Sun Power said that they're going to grow. It's likely that um, it's going to take a while for that market share to really grow. It's going to take time. We don't uh, double, triple overnight. But I think that the solar panel is going to be a huge move, uh, whether it be Canadian Solar doing it, Sunrun doing it, even Tesla Powerwalls doing it. So I sure think that it's, I think that the, the statistics are on the solar revolution side rather than not. I would say that the Elon Musks of the world will ensure that solar is going to be a huge trend that will not change. It's not going to be reversed. That's my view. Thank you.